Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me, as always, uh, fellow contributor, Mr. Akshaz Dibadula. Akshaz, man, how are you doing? No, Robert, I'm actually not doing too great, and the reason I say that is because for those of you listening to us who aren't in the Bay, (laughs) you'll know that it has been the most wild, like, cold spell <laughs> everywhere. So I, I've i been out of the Bay for a couple of years now, but I was not ready for this. I think this is <laughs> my first real, like, like chill, and oh, my God, my, my fingers are freezing up even in my apartment because <laughs> it, it is so cold. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to ask you about that before we started recording and then I totally forgot. And now I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's even I, I, I mean, I, I've I've more or less given my location um, throughout the podcast, but it's it's even cold down here, like in the, the south. <laughs> uh, it was like in the I think it was in the, like the 30s today, which is nothing compared to what you guys are dealing with in the Midwest right now. But still, it's 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 cold, man. It's cold and it's the weather has been really bad, but. Um, hopefully that's, that's not something that we have to worry about. And the good news is that I think the most recent, um, you know, not to to bury the lead too terribly much, but the the most recent weather, uh, reports for, for Santa Clara, California on Saturday night are, are looking clear, which is good. Um, which means there won't be any like, oh, well it was raining. And so that's the reason that they won the game kind of thing, uh, which is good. Like. We don't we don't need any any of that going around. I don't think. I think the the more they can just play the football game, the better. So um, obviously the 49ers are hosting the surprising. Uh, I think I think the most maybe probably the most surprising uh, playoff team in the NFL this year. I think that's pretty safe to say, right? Um, the Green Bay Packers are coming uh, to Santa Clara in the divisional round after, well, you know, just beating the holy living crap out of the, the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Um, it's, it was a purely, it's just a, an absolutely shocking turn of events. Like I, I didn't even watch the game. Um, but I think I mentioned a couple of times I have a, a friend who's a Packers fan. So I was just, you know, like checking in occasionally cause it's, cause you know, it, it obviously it benefited the Niners to know as soon as possible who they were playing this weekend. And I think I read that the Kyle Shanahan started the game plan, like in the second quarter of the game. Cause he was like, yeah, I think this game is over. So I'm just going to go ahead and start preparing as green Bay is coming. Um, I think the the report was he he started the game plan the second quarter. Um, Dallas scored towards the end of the first half and kind of made it look like it was maybe going to be a little closer. And then like it, it, as the third quarter got going, he was just like actually just going to go back to Green Bay. <laughs> this this game's clearly over and done. So I think that was definitely the most shocking outcome of the entire weekend as it related to Wild Card weekend. Like I mean. The Cowboys are going to Cowboy, but I didn't really anticipate that A, that they would do it this early, and B, that they would do it quite that spectacularly. Um, you know, I got to agree. It was a, it was an interesting weekend for sure. On the NFC side, this is probably going to be exactly as – so when I say, like, you know, I think this team's going to win or whatever, this is why you're taking it a huge grain of salt. <laughs> I think every team I thought that was going to win in the NFC lost. So, yes, you I know, that's correct. <laughs> so, um, you know, every time we do predictions now, think of that when you think about what we're saying, <laughs> at least on my end. But I agree. I think, you know, the Packers kind of stumbled around the year. They, um, they took care of business when they needed to to get in. But, you know, Cowboys at home, it wasn't really supposed to be a game, I think. Other than the Bills playing the Steelers, which, again, the Steelers really snuck in at the end there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, a big situation where you thought, oh, yeah, for sure, like, this is going to be a close game. I think most people thought the Cowboys were going to take care of business and then have to play a difficult game against the Lions, most likely. But, you know, credit to the Packers. They did exactly what the Cowboys would lose to. They frustrated Prescott a little bit. Prescott didn't play really well, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. That (laughs) happens with him sometimes. But they ran at that defense. They beat it up. They threw when they had to. And at the end of the day, the Cowboys just couldn't stop them. And I think, you know, 
Dallas's defense is quite good. We've seen them play quite well against the 49ers. We've also seen them absolutely suck. So it goes both ways. But <laughs> the one thing about the Dallas defense is that it can be run on. And if it can't be run on, it's because they're really trying to stop the run. And that's when you can get, you know, explosive plays in the air. Mm-hmm. So it was a matchup that I think the Packers were ready for and they attack really well. But the 49ers aren't like the Cowboys in that way. And I think that's why this game is going to be a little more interesting just because I think Dallas's weaknesses, especially when it comes to running the ball on offense and just like having that kind of that extra physical level that I think we've seen has been missing from Dallas as a team at times, you know, the 49ers have that in spades. So it'll be, it'll be a good matchup for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but there's, there's, there's some intrigue here for for sure in terms of uh, the way that this that that game played out. And uh, but I also think that it, it might be a little misleading in terms of people who are making assumptions that there's any any kind of overlap between the way that the Cowboys play and the way that the 49ers play. Um, just just as I'm kind of like paying attention to the to the the social media sphere and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, OK, well. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. We can get in a, into that a little bit more later. Um, obviously, uh, the Lions and the and the and the Rams played the best. I think I think safely the the best game of of Wild Card Weekend. At least the most the game that was closest. Um, Lions get that massive monkey off their back and finally win a playoff game for the first time in thirty years. Have you you've never seen the Lions win a playoff game before? Have you? Um, I have not. No. <laughs> so now you have. Um, I was, let's see, that was what, 1992, they said? Um, so I was eight years old, I think, when the Lions won a playoff game last, which is just nuts. Um, so good for them. I thought that was, that was really cool in, in a lot of ways. You know, Matthew Stafford got to, you know, help the, the Lions win a playoff game, just like he always wanted. Um, I thought that was a pretty good and competitive game. I thought it turned out about how I expected it to go. Um, and then the, the uh, rumors of the Eagles demise, not rumors after all, uh, it turns out they're they're just like falling apart and they have been falling apart uh, for weeks now. Um, I'd, I'd say roughly December the 3rd is a, the, the point at which they broke um, and they like the 49ers like I, I know it's just it's we're, we're, we like to take the credit for like the 49ers broke them. But it, it really does kind of seem like that. I mean, it coincides perfectly with the fact that they were already I mean. Buffalo kind of, if, if you if you'll excuse the metaphor, if it's like an egg situation, like Buffalo kind of softened it up, and then the 49ers just kind of exploded the the thing, and it, like that was the end of it, and they kind of fell apart. But um, yeah, that's they've they've got a lot of work to do to to get that team back up to to where it was, considering the fact that they were 10 and one and played in the Super Bowl last year. It's kind of crazy, like how badly the last what seven eight weeks went. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing was. And I think we discussed this, too, when we were previewing the game. It kind of felt like the Eagles were walking on eggshells, so to speak, in their entire season. And, you know, some teams can do that and it'll be totally fine. You just have to win games. But, you know, I think the fact that they were winning was covering up some of the more concerning aspects. And then they got a little hurt near the end. Mm -hmm. They just couldn't get in sync on defense. And... Yeah, I think the 49ers game was the game where they weren't able to, like, pull it away at the end. You know, that a team was able to stay consistently ahead of them. And once that happens, you know, it's a completely different ball game. not to say game like 20 times, <laughs> just because you, like, the ability to come back all the time is lauded when it happens. But the second you can't do that, immediately it's like, okay, so there's actually problems with this team, right? Yeah. Ideal, like, ideally you want to do what the 49ers did and what the Ravens did, which is just, like, dominate. Just be better consistently, like, snap one to snap, like, whatever at the end of the game. Because that's, like, it's the same win. And this is in college. No one cares about, like, how you win. You just got to win. Right. But it kind of, you can be more confident in your team that you were able to, you didn't really have these huge like gaping holes 
and there was like a team like you know the commanders not going for two a couple times or the giants like i think what barkley i think something happened with the giants game or like prescott tripping over himself <laughs> and throwing the ball i mean like or like marcus vandis catley like dropping like a touchdown i mean like yeah. there's so many things that you don't control and good teams are good at what they can control so that those other things don't really like that's not really like their issue yeah. right and i think the eagles they just that kind of ran out at the end but you know the lions really really good game for them really interesting game because i don't think it was as explosive as i thought it would be and i think you know that bodes well for the lions which is not great for the 49ers but right you know that that team was able to like kind of hold its ground defensively when it needed to that's what the lions need i think that's that's the step they need as a team because you already know dan campbell is going to stress you with his decision making already and that just means that like you gotta you gotta be able to like stop them and score on them because they're going to try to get every possession possible so that'll be a fun one for sure with the mm -hmm. lions playing the bucks and hopefully the 49ers will see the winner of that next week yeah and by the time that game happens, we'll already know because that is Sunday afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. Um, kind of a that's kind of a, a, a bummer for like the, the fact that they didn't give the Buccaneers like the most amount of rest that they could possibly get after their Monday night game. It's a little bit of a of a down, but that's that's what happens when you only get the third seed or the fourth seed because you win a bad division. But anyway, <laughs> um, and then obviously on the AFC side, we'll 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 get into the AFC side. I think we'll start talking about the AFC side once we get through the divisional round and it starts to become like, oh, we can see how this is going to shake out. We'll start paying a little bit more attention there. Um, not no real good games on, on on any in any of the AFC matchups, unfortunately. So that's uh, starting to become pretty apparent, like who the cream of the crop is over there and who is not up to it. So. Um, although I should say uh, congratulations to uh, D'Amico Ryans for getting that that first win, uh, first playoff win for him, and the Texans are are moving pretty well, looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah, so it. much fun to watch. Yeah. I I love. I think I said this as much in our like Slack. I love watching the Texans play. It's just it's like the 49ers, but it's just different to to mm -hmm. them. So where I can be like, oh, like this is cool, this is different, but it's. That defense, especially like watching it, you just feel the same energy, which makes yep. sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, one more bit of of things to discuss uh, before we get into more game specific stuff is the NFL announced, uh, or I guess the Associated Press announced its um, all pro teams for the 2023 NFL season. The 49ers were well represented with five players on the first team, um, including. Uh, that includes uh, Christian McCaffrey at first team running back, uh, Kyle Juszczyk at the first team fullback, which is, I think, new for this year. I think this is the first time they've included a fullback position um, specifically in the all-pro team, so that's good. Uh, George Kittle at tight end, Trent Williams at left tackle, and then on the defensive side, it was Fred Warner as one of the three linebackers. Um, and then on the second team, they had seven players in all, including two on the second team. Um, Brandon Ayuk makes the second team uh, for uh, wide receivers. Strangely, there's there's more wide receivers on the second team than there are on the first. I don't quite understand how that shakes up, but nonetheless. And then um, Charvarius Ward was named the other cornerback next to Jalen Johnson. Maybe that could be a harbinger of things to come. I don't know. Probably not. Um, <laughs> the cornerback uh, for the for the Bears as the second team cornerback uh, there. And that's it for the 49ers. They had several players. I, I, I wrote up a, a news piece about this, but they were gosh, something like I don't remember what the what the actual number was, but I'll look and see if I can if I can find it. Uh, I think it was something like they had like six or seven more players that received some kind of voting in the in the uh, in in the, the all pro team, which is just pretty interesting and, and pretty indicative of of like how good of a team they've been this this year the fact that they have this many players um after you know the after they're doing so well with with the uh, pro bowl team but the fact that they were able to do so effectively with the with the all pro team kind of just once again tells you that this is a really good team <laughs> and and they had a very good season 
Yeah, I mean, what more can be said? I'm just so happy Brandon Ayuk got some nod because, yeah. you know, if he had gone this entire year without a single accolade, I think that would have been one of the biggest, like, mistakes of the voting season. But, you know, the 49ers are a really talented team. I think it's fun to say that because that's not always been true, and it's awesome. But as we shift into the playoff mindset, I it's less about, like, how talented you are. And it's more about can you win. We just watched a full, like, playoff, like, weekend in which two teams that arguably have top five rosters in the NFL – Honestly, probably top four. If you had to rank the best four rosters, and let's say you throw quarterback out of it, I think you'd go <laughs> more San Francisco, um, Dallas, and Philly. I, I think that's like a pretty reasonable thing, given how healthy every team is right now. Sure. And two of them just, you know, they lost in the first game. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good sign that the 49ers are ready for this moment, but... At the end of the day, just being an all-pro doesn't mean that you're going to win against a team without them. So this you got to play the games. <laughs> that's that's true. Um, they had eight players who received votes but didn't make the final cuts on either team. Um, that was Brock Purdy with 22 votes. Uh, Debo Samuel had three total votes. Nick Bosa with five. Javon Hargrave with one. Uh, Dre Greenlaw with seven. Desha- Deshaun Gibson with one. Uh, Mitch Wisnowski with one. And then somehow George Odom gets four uh, total votes in spite missing the last like half of the season. Um, I should also note McCaffrey and Fred Warner were actually uh, unanimous selections uh, to the all pro team along with uh, Tyreek Hill from the Miami Dolphins. So that's, that's, that tells you a lot about the quality of those two players. The fact that they received all the first place votes that were available and, and made that team, but um, nonetheless. Um, yeah. So um, let's see uh, a couple other things, uh, some roster moves, mostly just kind of low level stuff that has happened since the last time we recorded, which was a while ago at this point. Um, in between then, uh, the 49ers brought back cornerback Terrence Mitchell and signed Sam Okuwanu. There we go. Um, he's a defensive lineman. They're both on the practice squad. They added Jason Verrett and Taylor Hawkins to the injured reserve list. We talked about this last time. Poor Jason Brett. It's such a bummer. Um, and then George Odom has been practicing this week. So his practice window is open. Uh, we'll talk more about injuries here in just a second. But it, it looks like he's on track to be activated for this game. So we'll be on the watch for that, I think, probably by Friday. This is recording on Wednesday evening. So by Friday, they'll have to make that decision for uh, to bring him up. That would be a, a, a great thing to have them back. Um, and then they later added Austin Bryant. Uh, defensive lineman and to the practice squad and released Jeremy McNichols because that's just what happens with Jeremy McNichols, unfortunately. Um, so Bryant probably in place as an as a option uh, to elevate for uh, Saturday's game uh, because of Cleveland Farrell, who was not going to be able to play. Um, so just some low level moves. Obviously, I think the the biggest one there is is getting George Odom back and hopefully he'll be able to shore up the special teams and also. It's looking like, you know, safety, which a couple of weeks ago we were like, oh, my gosh, it's really thin. Like, where who's going to play safety? And now it's like they have, you know, two good starters. And and with the way that Logan Ryan has played um, over the last couple of weeks and with George Odom coming back, it's starting to look like they're pretty solidified back there, which is good news heading into the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, a quick note, because I don't remember if we talked about Verrett while recording, but absolutely absolutely tragic that you know he was hurt and unable to you know continue his remarkable comeback as he always does but you know this team has bigger and better things right now unfortunately it's a playoff mindset so we've got to keep on going and I agree I think safety getting Odom back is is huge because one thing I definitely think we saw after he got hurt was special team slippage on returns Mm -hmm. and that's That's huge because, yeah, as we'll talk about the Packers more explicitly in just a little bit, they have a great returner in Keyshawn Nixon. And the number one way you lose as, like, a favorite team or a quote-unquote better team is special teams and turnovers and penalties. You give other teams a chance to get into game, and that's, you know, that's all you need. And we saw in, oh, man, two years ago now, not that long, but still Mm -hmm. feels like a lifetime ago, the 49ers as an underdog to the Packers beat the Packers by 
special teams. They yep. block a punt. Alan Hufanga blocks a punt, and then they kick a game-winning field goal. So getting Odom back, huge. The rest of the moves, I think, are just more, you know, reshuffling the <laughs> deck chairs they, a little as bit. As they do. Yeah. Getting, you know, getting some other bodies in there. Ambry Thomas is dealing had surgery on his hand and will be playing with a cast, I think. Yep. Last yep. Night. So, you know, you want to get another corner in there. You want to get some more depth on the defensive line with Clellan Farrell, who will probably be missing next week. But other than Odom, I don't know if any of these moves are particularly, you know, like screaming out to me as like, wow, <laughs> this is like huge for this team. I think this right. team got to where they are because they have, all those all pros and pro bowl players. So this is just insulate the back. Yeah. Backup, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The, 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 really the best news is not related to any signings, but the fact that if you look at the injury report, man, it's probably about it. I mean, there's a lot of names on it right now because they had people who are, who are kind of coming in with, with nicks and bruises. It's the, it's the playoffs, man. Everybody's kind of hurt at this point, I would imagine. But the only player that has not practiced all week, um, again, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is essentially the same as like Wednesday, Thursday of a regular week because it's just because it's a Saturday game, uh, which means they were they were like really install, installing game plans and all that kind of stuff um, uh, today. And and they'll probably wrap up practice tomorrow on Thursday as you're listening to this today. So the, Cleveland Farrell, the only one who's not practicing and the only one who's not expected to play. Dre Greenlaw had a good day of practice um, at the beginning of the week and then they gave him the day off on Tuesday, but he was back to limited on Wednesday. He seems like he's good to go. He's got some Achilles um, tightness, but is all set. Logan Ryan limited in practice, but everybody else who missed practice or has been limited earlier in the week um, is is ready to go. Eric Armstead uh, back to full practice. George Odom back to full practice, as we talked about. Jair Brown is back to full practice. John Feliciano has been dealing with a back injury. Full practice all week. Deshaun Gibson. Uh, George Kittle had a, had that back that kept him out of week 18. He's all good. Christian McCaffrey and his calf, all good. Ambry Thomas, as you mentioned, will play with the cast on his hand, but he seems to be good to go. Um, the only name that is here that doesn't seem like it's going to matter at all is Danny Gray, who is, uh, I guess, officially as of now, uh, had a red shirt season, which means I think he kind of goes back in time now and it's like this year didn't even happen for him as far as his contract is concerned um because he spent the entire season on injured reserve so i don't know one more year for him to to get to see if he can crack crack this this code whatever it is but um obviously like i said it's it's fantastic that they're about as healthy as they've been all season um and the fact that eric armstead is is coming back and he looks like he's going to be ready to go Maybe he doesn't play his regular amount of snaps because it's been a while since it's been, what, six weeks at this point since he's played football. Um, but if they can have him out there to to help stop this this Packers running attack, which is a, their bread and butter. I mean, it's a Shanahan system, so it's no surprise. Um, but if Armstead's out there and making a difference, then, man, that's going to be massive for this team. Yeah, I mean, a quick note on Danny Gray. Weird situation because he just, like, Shanahan just said he's not good enough to play on this <laughs> roster right now. So, and he's hurt. So we're not going to like even try because there's no spot for him. Weird, kind of odd. Hopefully he gets another year. I think he was doing pretty good in training camp before injury and loses momentum, but Armstead, huge, absolutely huge. He, um, he changes that defensive line because he's so big he gets mm-hmm. pretty low to the ground. I mean, he opens up a lot of like space for the linebackers and a lot of space for Javon Hargrave and McBosa and Chase Young. So getting him back out there is going to be super, super helpful, even if he's on a snap count, even if it means he's only playing 20 snaps. If you get number 91 there for the 49ers, it's going to be it's going to be a good thing. And I think this is why the buy was important. There were two reasons why you wanted to buy. One, you didn't have to play an extra playoff game then boom, look, the number two seed lost, and that's why you're playing the Packers right now. Mm-hmm. And also, everyone that's hurt gets another week to get healthy. And, I mean, that's what that's what we're hearing. That's what we want to see. All they have to do now is not deal with any rust from resting for two, three weeks, and it will be a perfect situation for the 49ers. Yep. 
100 percent um from a packers point of view they have also a very lengthy injury report mostly because i think i saw somewhere that they've they're not actually they've not actually done like anything uh, like it's been pretty like walk through speed kind of thing so far this week um i i that i mean i guess that kind of makes sense considering they played last week and so they're kind of more like in the the game mode so they probably don't need to to do like a full practice but the 49ers as you mentioned have not played you know they're most of a lot of their players haven't played any football since week 17 um so they just need to get back up to kind of get that back up to speed but um that said they have released and and it's a lot of of names <laughs> so i'm not going to go through all of them um but i will note a couple of of players that have been that either have not practiced at all or have not or were not practicing at all on Wednesday. Um, and there's some pretty interesting names that could have a pretty big impact on them on this game. Two of them specifically, first of all, cornerback Jair Alexander, who's got a shoulder and an ankle injury. Um, he was limited on Tuesday, but didn't practice on Wednesday. So that's it's got to be a little concerning from Packers point of view, because if you're going the other direction, that's not usually where you want to go, especially when we're just a couple of days away from the from the game. Um, then you have running back A.J. Dillon, who's got a thumb and a neck injury. He hasn't practiced at all this week either. And then linebacker Kingsley uh, inning Barre, I believe is how you say that, has not practiced at all. Um, a lot of names on here. Pretty much everybody else is, is, li- is limited practice, but I, I imagine that's probably everybody's designation when you're just doing walkthroughs. It's kind of a limited thing. But Alexander and Dillon, while Dillon is not like their their bell cow like Aaron Jones is, uh, he's, I think, a, a key part of what they they do on offense is is sort of a you know change of pace kind of guy, um, and if Alexander can't get out there, that's going to weaken this defense even more <laughs> than uh, in the in the back end than than it already is. Yeah, Alexander, I think is the is the big one, but um, just a lot of injuries, and I think this is really like, I guess, the third benefit of being the one seed is that you almost always get the Saturday game. Right. Which means that you'll be getting to play against a team that's on a short week, and short weeks matter. It's ultimate rest versus like no rest situation. And the 49ers have an opportunity here. Alexander's definitely the name I'm looking at. He um he had a weird season this year. He was hurt for a lot of it, but he's a real game changer back there for the Packers. And I think if he can't go the past, okay, so I guess in a weird way, almost talking about a reason for optimism, although not a, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to not to jump really fast. No, but, we're, um, we're we're moving. That's where we were headed. We we know the we know how this works. We got this. <laughs> I mean, Joe Barry coordinated defenses are horrible against Kyle Shanahan. Like, this is the one thing Shan. If Shanahan has one thing, he has a lot of them that he can stick his hat on, it's if Joe Barry's coordinating the defense for the Packers, my team's going to score. And that's been <laughs> the case. And I think, you know, they're, they're a good defense. Like, don't get me wrong. Talent-wise, they're pretty good. Kenny Clark's a great defensive tackle. He's very good against the run. Rashawn Gary's a good pass rusher. Alexander. There, Darnell Savage was my draft crush when he came out a couple of years ago. And, you know, Quay Walker and Devontae Campbell have not – Campbell's not played as well as he did a couple of years ago, but he's still, they're a pretty good linebacking group. But that defense has been much maligned for the entire year. And I don't know if the Cowboys being, you know, Cowboys-y essentially (laughs) is like proof that like there's suddenly this like world-beating unit. So this is not even like a very explicit like numeric argument. This is just like, I don't like over the course of the year, there's nothing that the Packers did on defense that should make you think that they can stop the 49ers. And I, I honestly like the Niners are 10 point favorites in a playoff game for a reason. They offensively should be able to salt this game away. I don't even know if the defense will play particularly well and we'll talk about it, but offensively, I really think they should be able to get a, almost whatever they want against the Packers. Yeah. Um, it's it's very strange because Joe Barry practices every day against an offense that is not terribly dissimilar from this. And so it's very strange that he has absolutely no 
concept of how to stop it. <laughs> and you'd think that that <laughs> that his boss, right, who who Matt LaFleur, who is very knowledgeable about this very system uh, that the 49ers run because he runs a version of it himself, would be able to be like, all right, here's what you do. But it he, he just it's it's very strange, like how <laughs> like it how he he's just incapable of, of, of stopping it. And it'll be very interesting. Um, so you, you noted the linebackers and I, I wanted to, to also note the linebackers, uh, for this team. So this comes from, uh, David Lombardi for the athletic. Um, he was talking about the two main linebackers for the green Bay Packers, uh, Devondra Campbell and Quay Watkins, I believe is yes. Quay Walker. Walker, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he noted these statistics, um, opponents when targeting Devondre Campbell this season. Um, uh, hold on. They're 18 of 31, I think is how this is supposed to be read. Um, uh, for 390 yards, three touchdowns, and a 135.7 passer rating, and no interceptions on top of that as well. And then um, uh, Quay Walker is allowing 500 receiving yards and 49 catches. Um, this, I think, has been very much the the bread and butter of. I mean, now I get it. Like there are very few, and we talked about this when we talked about the Ravens, and and there are very few linebacking tandems that are as successful as, uh, as, as the 49ers and then the Ravens, uh, you know, on the other side of that as well. Um, but it does seem that that is a specific area that they can, that the 49ers can attack. And it just so happens that the 49ers have, have three spe- specifically three players in, in, in who are going to be able to attack this you know, with Christian McCaffrey and with George Kittle and then Debo Samuel to a certain extent as well. As as a guy, as guys who were who are going to catch the ball in the middle of the field, who are going to who are going to be able to to take advantage of this. Kittle and McCaffrey, obviously the most, because I don't think they're going to put <laughs> a linebacker on Debo Samuel. If they do, then they deserve to to get pounded into the ground. It's just frankly, that's just a terrible business decision. Um, but you know, I think there is a sense that the place where the Packers defense struggles the most is the place where the 49ers are going to be able to take the, the most advantage of it. Um, you know, like you noted, they got, they have good players um, with Jay Alexander in the back and, you know, Darnell Savage and their pass rush is pretty good um, with uh, the, with the players that they have there. Um, but man, uh, <laughs> you know, with Rashawn Gary and, and Preston Smith and, and that sort of thing. But from, from a overall sort of defensive perspective, you got to think, if if the Niners can can get the ball out and you get you, you you wonder is this another opportunity where similarly to other games where the 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 plan of attack is get the ball out quickly and just let the the let the the guys who can get the yardage after the catch just really do business and I I gotta think this is gonna be that would be a very successful game plan and it will not be one that the Packers will be able to do well against. Yeah, I agree. I think. Um... You know, this is probably going to be a big McCaffrey-Elijah Mitchell game. I also think this is the way Shanahan approaches the playoffs to some extent, which is if he can not throw the ball. Now, part of this is because we've seen him in the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think this is just generally true. If he cannot throw the ball, he'd like to make each playoff game as short as possible because that's obviously that's best, right? That just means you don't have to worry about turnovers you game goes by quickly and i do think this is a game where the 49ers pass early and often get ahead quick and then try to just ice the game away the rest of the way through yeah i mean because ultimately that's prob and this i'm just this will kind of lead us into the the opposite end of this i I think that's also going to be green bay's plan of attack right but their goal is going to be to hold the ball as long as possible to shorten the game um, so that their defense is not going to be put under as much pressure. Like if if they if they can run the ball effectively, um, that would be the sort of opposite. And I think obviously Shanahan will want to do that as well. But his goal will be like get up by 14 or 20 points and then run just run it down their throats for the rest of the game. Um, whereas I think Green Bay's Green Bay's plan will be the exact opposite. Like shorten the game, make every make every drive as long as possible and then try to get as many points as you can at the end of it. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that, how that plays out, but that's, that'll be interesting to see that chess mass between, between 
Shanahan and, and Joe Barry and whether or not that will work out for him at all. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but um, I don't know. This 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 game doesn't come without its concerns. Obviously, the Packers were successfully um, able to get into the playoffs. You can quibble about how successfully, <laughs> how difficult of a road that was towards the end of the season. Um, but they got there and then they took care of the, the Cowboys last week. So there obviously must be some reason to be concerned about this game. The Niners are not going to more than likely just waltz in here and the Packers are not going to be like, okay, well, we give up game over. Um, so what are we concerned about? You know, I think it's, and this is a muted concern, I will say, because I do think the 49ers are like very well set to go against the Packers, but I'm concerned about the Packers running out four receivers or like being in nickel formation the entire game. And like being able to spread the 49ers out. I think um, while I trust Mooney Ward, I think he's fantastic. And I think Demo has played really well. Ambry on a cast. Ambry Thomas has already played kind of up and down, I think, this entire year. And now you get him a little compromised. You're putting a lot of stress on a defense. And I can see the Packers going quick attack, get the ball out fast, you know, kind of West Coast offense, quick passes, extension of the running game, essentially. I think that's where the 49ers can get hurt, even though their like, defense is very good, because you get one or two bad matchups and the entire game can fall apart in that way. And, you know, Jordan Love kind of had an up and down year, but he got really good as the season progressed and he had a fantastic game against the Cowboys and, you know, or as much as we like joking about the Cowboys on this podcast, they were a good team. <laughs> you know, that defense wasn't terrible. So I I think that's the matchup the Packers can exploit. Will they do it to success? I don't know. There are a lot of other factors that go into it. Part of it's that if the 49ers pass rush comes home to play, it doesn't really matter how good your one-on-one options are. You won't get the ball to them. But I do think the Packers will have the that's where they can try to get some big plays against the 49ers. And that's where the 49ers can get hurt is by putting a lot of receivers out there, spreading the 49ers out and really attacking them quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely right there with you. Um, I mentioned the running game. Um, I, I, I don't think, I think with Eric Armstead coming back, it's not going to be as much of an issue, but you know, Aaron, Aaron Jones is a, is a, big guy um you know he runs the ball uh hard and he's he's difficult to tackle and so it's going to be really really important that they not allow the Packers to take advantage of that which will then open up play action again this the 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 sort of reverse of this that the reverse thing that I said about Joe Barry that I don't understand why he can't figure out Shanahan's offense is is also true um that I think it, it, the 49ers are going to know what they need to do in order to to kind of put this down because Jordan Love is is essentially as as well as he's been playing he's really just running the offense like that's what he's doing he's he's playing within the system and you know he's a system quarterback if we can say that without being disparaging um but he's you know he's doing the job um and he's playing you know really well the last couple of weeks um Again, he's done the done what has been asked of him uh, uh, throughout the season, and it's been up and down, as you noted, throughout, especially at the beginning of the year. But they're here, and um, again, I think the 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 area of concern is that their offense does enough, and that they're able to hold the ball enough <clears throat> that they'll just keep it close. That that for me is the the biggest issue that that the 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 Packers game plan will be. Let's slow this thing down. Let's really like make it where like both teams have five possessions through the whole game, uh, you know that kind of thing. Where it just really it's it's in the mud. It's really sloggy, not like literally in the mud, but it feels like you know we're moving really slowly. They're never in a rush. Like they're running the play clock play clock down. It's sort of you know, if you're if you're a, if you're a soccer fan, it's like it's the park in the bus, but the NFL version of parking the bus, right? They're they're moving as methodically as they can. You know they're waiting for the opportunities to open up, but their their whole goal is to cut down on possessions and to um, to play it that way. And so that kind of concerns me that they might try to do that. <coughs> I I agree. I think you know because that in situations like that, all you need is one right, one big right. play, one touchdown, and things can change in a dime. But I also think 
you know, it's been a hot sec since we saw the 49ers actually play an important game that they cared about. <laughs> but the 49ers offense, I think, can play that type of game and play it well. So I definitely agree. The 49ers, I think, benefit from playing a, a game where there are a ton of possessions because I think their offense will take advantage more than the Packers offense. But I really think if you gave both these teams like five goes at it and said who's going to come out on top, the 49ers come away if not as often as they do, if you gave them like 15. Yeah. Lives. Yeah. I mean, and I, th- I think the, f- the efficiency can be there either way for the 49ers, but it really, it cuts down on your, your margin for error. So if there is, you know, just a little bit of like, okay, it's been a while since we played, played a, played a game. So, you know, maybe if they, if they get off to a, an, even a, a, a modicum of a slow start, right. If their first drive doesn't go all that well, and then the Packers hold the ball for a thousand hours and, or, you know, five, six, seven minutes and, and get points on the board. Well, now you're playing behind the eight ball a little bit. And um, if there is a concern about this team, something that we've kind of gone back and forth on throughout the season, it's what do they do when they get down? Um, and you kind of hope that the 49ers are just going to step on the gas and, um, and, and take the lead and just be done with it. Um, it'll be really interesting to see because uh, the Packers, um, won the toss and elected to receive the ball in the first half last week against the Cowboys and just proceeded to, to score on them. Um, and then the 49ers MO tends to be, uh, (laughs) that they're going to defer to the second half, which means that you can almost, you almost, you know, I know, I know we, uh, we don't condone betting necessarily, uh, on this podcast, but, um, you can probably put some money on the fact that the Packers are going to get the ball first, um, (laughs) on offense in this game. And so, it will be up to the 49ers defense to, to kind of set the tone for this one. So that will be very interesting to watch as well. That's a good point. I mean, I think, um, I think the 49ers can do it. And I guess we'll, this is slowly moving towards predictions overall. Man, you're I just think, running this one this week. You're doing great. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm jumping around too no, fast. No, you're doing, you're, you're doing great. You're doing great. <clears throat> I think, the 49ers, right, and we were talking about this before we got on on the air, and even, like, throughout the week, the 49ers got, like, a good, like, draw, I'd say, out of wild card weekend mm-hmm. from the yeah, NFC 100%. side. You know, like, obviously, both of us think the Packers are a really good team that was able to beat a good team in the Cowboys to get here. But if you could not have to play the Cowboys or the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl, you want that situation because those teams have enough talent to where it doesn't matter that you're better and you execute better. Sometimes really talented teams win in spite of themselves. And mm-hmm. I think the 49ers have no excuses now. I didn't think they had excuses even when the playoffs started, but they definitely have no excuses now. They need, they need to make the Super Bowl at a bare minimum, and they really need to win. And, you know... It's a weird playoff run, I'd say, for me as a fan, just because I'm usually so pessimistic about this team, Robert. <laughs> I like, I tell myself, this is the high bar. I'm not gonna like think beyond this because yep. like I'm like there's no way. But this is the first year that like I'm going into these playoffs and I genuinely think they should win the Super Bowl. Yep. Like I think this team can and will win the Super Bowl. And that's terrifying because, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no like barrier. There's no floor for hope here. It's just, yeah. it happens or everything else sucks. But yeah, I think this team is the Packers as good as they are, as well as they played against the Cowboys, the 49ers cannot like, if they're as good as we think they are and they think they are, and it seems like everyone in the NFL implicitly thinks they are, this game shouldn't be close. So yeah. I'm gonna gonna give a bit Do of it. a discount to <laughs> the Packers because they are playing, they have played important games the last couple of weeks. The 49ers, I think, are gonna start a little slow, but I'm gonna say I think the game is gonna go thirty-eight to fourteen. Oh. I I re I really <laughs> think this is like it might be a 7-3 situation heading out of the first quarter, but 
I really think the 49ers need to come out here and show like that they're ready to go. And I think they will. I think everything we've seen out of this team is when they're healthy and they're rested, and they're ready to go. This is a team that like plays as well as any football team we've seen. And I think they'll, they'll do that on Saturday, especially if the rain isn't terrible. That, yeah. that doubly helps. So a couple things before I, I tell you, cause it's just wild. You're going to be like, Whoa. Um, I think I, I made this comparison somewhere else. I don't remember where it was now, but this this Packers team kind of reminds me a little bit of the the Jag, Jaguars from last last year, where they made the playoffs probably a year ahead of schedule, right? Um, and it will be very important for them next year to not do what the Jaguars did this year, which was to just absolutely fall apart and miss the playoffs altogether. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so you know they won the first game pretty convincingly. They look pretty good. You know they've got some things going for them, but they're really young, and they'll probably this is gonna be a team that's gonna be around. If they don't, you know, mess up and they don't and they don't do anything particularly silly or stupid or anything like that, the organization should be in pretty good shape moving forward. It's kind of annoying that they keep doing this, you know, <laughs> like how do they how do they go from Favre to Rogers to Love, who might also be good? It's kind of obnoxious, but that's neither here nor there. The comparison then travels into the last time the 49ers had a buy. And of course, they went to Jacksonville, and everybody's like, "Well, well Jacksonville's playing really well." And never did that in a weird, you know, Hemming and Holland. We even hemmed and hawed a little bit, right, on the podcast. We're like, "Well, you know, bye week, that's good." But also, the Jags are coming off a bye week, and they're pretty good. And then the 49ers continued or went into Jacksonville just absolutely slaughtered them. Um, I I could certainly see a, a similar situation like that. Um, however, um, that game was 34 to three. I'm not not willing to go that much of uh, of a of a jump but the Niners were um, were up 13 to 3 at halftime similar kind of thing to what you're talking about um they did score twice in the uh they scored on their opening drive to so that was good um but I kid you not like this is actually what I wrote down I will send this to you later I said 38 to 13 <laughs> was my <laughs> prediction so when you said 38 it went oh, 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 oh so close um yeah I just I just feel like it will it will I think it's gonna take a little while for the for them to get going. Like you said, it could be a like a seven three first quarter and you're like, okay, what's going on? And then it'll be like the Philadelphia game or some of these other games where they played where they've gotten off to kind of mediocre starts and all of a sudden you look up and you're like, Oh, wait, they're up by twenty twenty one points. How did that happen? <laughs> like um, which is basically what happened in the Jacksonville game, like, right? They're up thirteen three at halftime, you're like, Okay, everything's fine. And all of a sudden, end of the third quarter, it's twenty seven to three, and you're like, Wait, how did that happen? Like <laughs> I don't even I wasn't even paying attention. Uh, you know, two <laughs> two touchdowns in the in the third quarter and the game is completely over. Um, so I could see uh, that's kinda how I see this playing out. Um, you know, kudos to the Packers for getting in the playoffs and for for kicking the pants out of the, the Cowboys, but I think this is going to be a completely different situation, and um, I don't think it's going to go particularly well for them. So um, that might make certain people mad, but you know, hey, enjoy yourself, Midwesterners. I guess I don't know. Uh, <laughs> has any final thoughts on this one before we wrap it up? Well, you know, I try to keep in like I would say like a sad, optimistic tone. <laughs> podcast i've I've noticed that yeah that's how like i like to approach it like it's always wow this is really bad but you know they're a good team that's kind of the way because that's the way i approach like being a fan of this team because (laughs) that's that's safe for me that's my healthy fandom but it's the playoffs i'm so excited i mean i haven't been able to like get pumped for a game to protect my own like heart rate essentially since the Eagles game, but this is like, this is the fun stuff. They're three wins away from winning the Super Bowl. They're playing at home Saturday night. Lights are on. I mean, just if you can go to the game, be loud. If you can't still be loud, just, you know, enjoy these things and kind of, you know, revel in the like, in what's so awesome about like being a fan of football and being a fan of the 49ers is that, these situations happen, and I think, you know, it's cool to be cautious and, like, carefully optimistic, and it's nice to kind of be measured about how you think about a team, but sometimes, you know, it's time to just get out there, and you can do that by always, like, 
listening to our content and everything you post on the site <laughs> because you know we're right there with you but i mean it's yep. just it's a fun time it's a great time playoffs is super high energy and you know the packers are going to put up a good fight but 49ers they they have a chance to do something really special this year and really cement this run where we know they've been one of the best teams in the nfl but to actually lock it in and get that ring that's good enough to kind of crown them as one of the best teams in the NFL, a team that has to be remembered. When you talk about this era, you don't get a lot of opportunities to do that. So I'm super excited. Shoot, man. Actually, I was going to sign you up for some of these pump videos. Did you watch that, that Steve Young one, the Steve Young pump up video, like the, the hype video that he did? It's pretty awesome. If you haven't seen it, go find it. Uh, I think I found it on Bleacher Report, but I'm sure you can find it. Like do like 49ers, Steve Young hype video. For the playoffs, yeah, you'll be you'll be ready to run through a brick wall for Steve Young, but you might do that anyway. I don't know. He seems pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 ready. Like I'm like deathly afraid because not deathly afraid. It's not it's not that big of a deal, but you know what I mean. Um, it's 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 nerve wracking because you're like you, you don't want this a season like this that's been so good to go out on on a really like if you lose to a to a team that's 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 up there in the upper echelon which at this point should only happen in the Super Bowl, like then you're like, okay, well that sucked, but like losing to a team like that kind of snuck its way into the playoffs because there were other teams that were worse than them, um, would be like devastating. So let's let's hope that doesn't that doesn't happen. Um you can Packers, you can have it in four or five years or something like that, but leave it alone. Uh this is ours. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks, uh, as always, for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please continue to check out NinerNoise.com, as Oxshaw just said, for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And, of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Mm-hmm.